And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. With me, as always, is a beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And got to be honest with you folks out there, feeling a little freaky? Feeling a little fun, feeling a little festive, feeling a little free trade Friday, a little fair trade Friday, a little fun trade Friday. We got to be swapping some people around, playing a little fantasy GM out there, Patrick. A lot of people are doing it. Apparently, it's the thing to do. Everyone's playing fantasy GM with the Rockies these days. Everyone's making trades and swinging deals and building th- this thing up or tearing this thing down. Well, it's our turn today. We get a chance at it. We're going to go through a couple of these uh, that we've seen out there or that we've put together out there and uh, take a look at uh, some some potentialities here for the Rockies. And, you know, the obviously the Nolan Arenado talk has been, oh, I was going to say for the last couple of days, but years, I don't know. Does it matter anymore? Time is <laughs> when was it Nolan Arenado on the trade block for the other 29 teams? You know, right. for the Rockies, I you know it's it's maybe more recently, and and in right. fact, last off season, I don't know that he really was on the block. I think it was again, mm-hmm. you know, Jeff Breidich said a couple things to suggest that look, we know that if if things take a downturn, you know, we may need to look at this, that, and the other. So hey, you know, what are you guys thinking? Are you interested? No, straight up, Tampa Bay's going. No, of course not. Are you kidding me? Our entire payroll is thirty five million dollars. So no. Okay, hey, good conversation. You, those are just important things to do. Uh, they happen probably a lot more than we hear about and, and a lot more uh, is, than is advertised by general managers and front offices. But, you know, you, you have to do that. And, uh, you know, th- those conversations have been going on for everybody. John Gray, Trevor Story, Herman Marquez, the guy who is probably the, the least likely player to yeah. by Colorado mm-hmm. just because of the fact that, Again, as we've been saying and trying to communicate that. That was the one thing in that article, man, when, when, when they called Marquez a sweetener. I was like, mm, 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 yeah. mm I don't like that. <laughs> but, but, but as we've been discussing, you know, it's, coming together on a trade isn't just about the player. It's about the contract of that right. player. And Herman Marquez, as we know, is a fantastic starting pitcher, um, probably on a, on a World Series contender you know, number two A or one B, however you want to call it, one or two, right? And and while his stats in Colorado may not show exactly that, you see what is, you know, his three five ERA on the road. Um, but coupled with the fact that his contract is so incredibly team friendly 
and yep. will not be 18, 20 million dollars in arbitration like you saw Trevor Story's you know contract essentially balloon to. Uh, well, his isn't going to be doing that. So right. that makes him very, very enticing to a lot of teams. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it here, Patrick. We, we've gone over a lot of the backstory over the last couple of days, and we've been leaving off getting into the nitty-gritty. So let's do it. Let's jump in and take a look at one. Well, we have been looking at a lot of, of different deals with uh, Arenado going to the Mets, and so this is one that we have you know, uh, previewed in the past. So it gives you an idea. Now, this would be an absurd deal, of course, uh, because of how much the how many players the Rockies would get from the Mets, and, and this doesn't even necessarily include a lot of the players we've been hearing about lately, but it does include, you know, Robinson Cano. Cano's in there, yeah. It does include a, a Noah Syndergaard. So, you know, there there are a lot of different ways to try to try to make this work with Colorado having to, of course, take on some uh, larger contracts. And so, again, baseballtradevalues.com, check out that website. One of the teams I know in the past year that's been linked a lot to Colorado and, and to Nolan Arenado has been the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. And St. Louis Cardinals have a couple contracts I'm sure they would like to move on from. And uh, one name in particular that should be pretty familiar to Rockies fans should be pretty familiar to Team Patrick fans. You saw. Uh, <laughs> yes. So uh, in this proposal, hey. the Rockies would get back Mr. Dexter Fowler, the original Mr. Sunshine or Mr. Smile, I should say. Yeah. Uh, they would also get Matt Carpenter, who's no longer capable of playing third base, can do a decent job holding the fort down at first base, and uh, a young pitcher named Tony Losey, who was a former teammate of uh, Jake Fromm, uh, NFL QB, or rather, mm. I should say, Division One quarterback that uh, you know is a very good baseball player himself. In exchange, of course, the Cardinals would get Nolan Arenado and a couple bucks, and so ultimately, you know, this is a deal that you say, okay, you're getting that future money off the books. You're taking on some current money, um, but you eventually, in you know, in 2023, 24, eventually start to see uh, the the relief uh, of, of those finances of getting Arenado off the books, and you you bring back two really good players for uh, for the next two years, and you make the case, hey, does this make us a little bit better? Hey. We got a guy who's you know, a decent, uh, decent arm that that we could maybe use and, and dream on. In addition to that, maybe this is a, a deal that both parties would be interested in. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate this immediately. As somebody who everyone listening to this knows is generally <laughs> reluctant to the idea of trading uh, Nolan Arenado, I, you know, it, it helps solve. I don't know if it helps solve any current problems for the Rockies, but it gives you options at some spots. We did a whole podcast a few episodes ago about center field and how wide open that is. And while, you know, Dexter trying to play center field at Coors right now at this point in his career might be uh, a tall task to ask. You're getting another outfielder to throw in the mix after the loss of David Dahl that makes you feel a little bit better about that situation and lessens the you know thing that a lot of people like to point out to me, the problem of counting on Sam Hilliard or Garrett Hampson or whomever to, to take that next step. And I'm like, yeah, throw out a, a major leaguer who's been a you know a league average or better hitter for most of his career. Uh, he, he helps your lineup 
he helps your outfield stability and depth. And then Matt Carpenter has, I feel like the, is like the Ian Desmond, uh, Daniel Murphy thing kind of all over again with the same type of promise really that, you know, there's a bat there that if it plays how it has previously, it could play really well at Coors Field. If it goes the direction of Ian Desmond and Daniel Murphy, what you have is a defensive liability at first base who's a guy who you keep telling people, he used to hit, <laughs> I promise he used <laughs> to hit, right? And, but I could, but but there is that same, like I could see Matt Carpenter settling in at first base at Coors Field and actually being a guy who rakes. Like I don't think his bat is totally done uh, at the major league level. I, I like Matt Carpenter as a hitter, always have. And then to get a young pitcher out of it where you just go, I don't know, see where you fit in, kid. Let's find out. Um, so, it, uh, again, I've seen a lot of Nolan Arenado trade proposals that usually come from the perspective of the team trying to acquire him or from the writer trying to get him to a particular destination. This is something that I think makes a lot more sense from a, a Rockies perspective. Hearing you say, well, I don't hate this, could possibly be the best thing you hear from most Rockies fans is, well, all right, well, I'm not going to love it. Uh, you're getting rid of Nolan Arenado. Yeah, but you're bringing in Blake Snell. You're bringing in this. You're bringing in a, a, a guy who was just selected in the first round. That's, for most fans, they're going to, you know, what, what does that mean? I, I, yeah. I don't necessarily know what that means. I just know the guy that I love and I have loved and I had thought Fine. was going to be in the vein of the next Todd Helton, who's essentially going to be the next Larry Walker going to the Hall of Fame. Now that guy's gone, so... There's no way I can love it. The best thing you can hope for is I don't hate it. And I think yeah. you bring up those concerns. Yeah, Carpenter, you know, liability a little bit at, at first base for sure. Uh, same thing with Fowler maybe in the outfield. So you're, you're definitely taking a step back defensively, but it's really only for one year. Uh, Fowler's got $16.5 million due to him this upcoming season. Uh, Carpenter's a little trickier. You know, it's $18.5 million with a $2 million then, uh, buyout. But there is, there is a vesting option depending – on you know what what goes down, so he he could be brought back again, uh, depending on how much Colorado. I was going to say, do you know do you know what the it vests based on? It's I believe something like eleven hundred plate appearances. It, it's appearance. It's not like a okay. twenty and twenty one, which okay. is possible. Are they prorating those things? I don't know. Yeah, or something yeah. like five hundred. That gets complicated. Okay. In twenty one, so the Rockies right. can just simply control what he does in twenty one. Right, uh, you know, to to make that work, something that we thought was going to be the case with Shaw and McGee anyway, before they decided to to cut him. So and they did, yeah, yeah. So that 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 frees up a lot of money, you know, going forward. Besides, you know, getting the the, the former third round pick in twenty nineteen and Tony Losi. So, you know, it, it it could make their offense a little bit better. It 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 provides you know an extra year of of support for some of these younger guys, McMahon and. Uh, Rogers and whatnot, and and mm -hmm. it brings in another you know veteran presence, and again, still could possibly allow you um, the opportunity yeah, in that to scenario, Trevor Story. Yeah, totally. In that scenario, you, you're re-signing Trevor Story, or you're attempting to. Uh, Ryan McMahon yeah. is becoming probably your everyday third baseman in the meantime, because you've got Matt Carpenter over at first, and then you've got this sort of competition. Uh, now at second base between Hampson and Rogers and and those guys to sort of make that happen and and again that's that's why I don't hate it because it leaves the Rockies roster in a spot where you've actually improved some areas of need and while Ryan McMahon isn't Nolan Arenado um, 
he is the guy on this team that I think has the most untapped potential. And if there's anybody who could pull a Trevor story and make you forget about Troy Tulowitzki the year after, a Ryan McMahon who's got some experience under his belt and but really hasn't taken that next step yet, but has shown that when he lines up major league pitching, he can hit the crap out of it. The guy's exit velo, um, the way he's taken to multiple positions defensively, his mind for the game, still in his mid-20s here. You know, if McMahon does take that next step forward, becomes the all-star that you and I have long said he could become, I, I think that's one of the best-case scenarios for getting yourself past the loss of a Nolan Arenado, rather than trying to replace him with someone who's come the come in from outside the organization. All right, all right you guy, be the... Be the guy who replaces, like, no, replace him with one of your own. But, yeah, I don't and hate it. it. It's going it. to take a deal like this, too, in order to, you know, better support Brian McMahon. Because if you don't get back at least one veteran guy like this, and I think it very well could take two, because Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler are, you know, they're, they're shells of their former selves which means they are a shell of Nolan Arenado. And so what you would have in a deal that might be anything less than this is Ryan McMahon either batting cleanup and getting overexposed and, 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 and maybe being forced to do too much at a time where he might not be ready for it, or he's hitting sixth with guys that really aren't much better than him batting fourth or fifth, and you're basically saying, yeah, we, I don't know, we, we have the confidence in you, or we don't want to put that pressure on you, and he's going to want that pressure. Right, and right. Then, Why bother at that point? Totally. So it's kind of a no-win situation in a exactly. lot of ways. But I think this, again, this and, and this deal, too, again, it's it's Fowler, Matt Carpenter, and, uh, and a prospect coming to Colorado in exchange for Nolan Arenado. What this deal also does is it almost allows you to – have your cake and eat it too in a lot of ways where you say, hey, maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle and contend. I would agree that you could do that here. But if you if you don't and you can't, well, what does that mean for 2022? Well, these guys, their money comes off the books. Right. Yeah, you hope that you can re-sign Trevor Story, but it does still free up space on the roster for yep. some of those young guys. Again, you did just add a young guy here. It does even allow you to say, you know what, uh, before – uh, the end of the season at the trade deadline, you go, well, yeah, this isn't, you know, this isn't us. We're not going to attend. We're not, uh, you know, the, neither of these guys are coming back. They're not locked in on a two-year deal. They're essentially one-year deals. Hey, does anybody else interested in Matt Carpenter? Hey, Seattle Mariners. Hey, you guys are doing really great in 2021. Right. Oh, you're going for it. All right. Toss us a little prospect here and there. And so that trade tree for Nolan Arenado gets a little bit better and you don't look back and go, so what did they get for Nolan Arenado? Uh, they got a year from two guys in a year that they didn't contend. And so what was the point of that anyway? And it also doesn't leave you in the situation. I think you and I both agree that in many ways it's actually better to make these kinds of deals for prospects, for, for younger players who are going to help you a couple of years from now. Though it also That also depends on what you're trying to get out of the Rockies. But it, from a fan perspective, as we've talked about, and that is important, it, it prevents that in between time where you feel like, and this was the case with Troy Tulowitzki, right? You've traded this guy for nothing because you've traded him for players who aren't going to be around for a couple of years, no matter how good those guys may eventually be. And look, Jeff Hoffman was supposed to may eventually be pretty good. And that's not just according to the Rockies. That was according to just about every talent evaluator in baseball. It was according to the Toronto Blue Jays who took them, who took him with a top 10 overall pick. Um, you could maybe even argue to some degree 
it's <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds are going, oh, we still think we can, we can get that, right? And so, yeah, it's, uh, you got to wait around and then it may not happen. At least in this case, you get some stuff that's there right away. And like you said, even if it doesn't work out, you can spin that into the next thing. And I think that's not necessarily a better thing to do, but it's an easier sell. And, and, and given everything we know about the situation with Nolan and how much his contract is, is still due to him, but yet he does have the opt-out. So are you paying him to, you know, you trade him this off season. Are you paying him $199 million or are you only paying him for one season and then he's gone? Those are right. two gigantic <laughs> yeah. extremes. Those are the yeah. those are those are the two biggest extremes. We're talking about a, essentially a two hundred million dollar contract or a rental. There's no right. in between there. I mean, again, if you can get into a room with Nolan Arenado, and that could be part of the deal, is say, hey, we've agreed to a deal. Again, we let's keep this under wraps. Don't let anybody, you know, uh, uh, whisper outside these walls. But uh, hey, but- we've agreed to a deal. Can we just get Nolan on the phone? And we can figure something out. We've got a plan. If he says this, we're going to do this. Or he can, you know, we can just, we can tack on. There's been talk of him waiving the opt-out or or doing whatever in order to make a trade work. And that's something that, if it was done properly, could help out everybody involved. And it would probably involve some little financial compensation. Either with like, hey, we'll tack on another year for Uh 20 or an option, uh, Uh which a team might not necessarily want to do. Or you could just straight up just say, we're just going to give you $5 million lump sum, which mm-hmm. I've seen a little bit more recently, you know, some strange dealings with that. And you go, all right, at least, again, the Players Association isn't just saying, all right, uh, we have one of our guys, you know, you know, give up something, and they, he didn't get anything back. He right, got he's got to get back, something. Yeah. But the union did not benefit from that. Because yeah. that's what it's about is to say, hey, my guy Nolan over here waived his no-trade clause, and he got some money, he got some compensation for it. But if he, if Nolan just goes, look, just get me out of here. I don't care. Then they're going to turn around and say, hey, I want to get some compensation from lifting my no trade clause. And Nolan yeah. Arenado didn't do it. Yeah. Knew this was a better situation. Are you saying yep. it's not a better situation? Yeah. And now you put a guy that's so screwed. See, and Nolan is such a union guy. I just not to right. pull back up the curtain or whatever. But I don't know that that's. I don't think that's out of line to to say. I think I, I'm pretty sure he came out during the last. I think he said that of himself right before this last season started during the, the we'll call them negotiations, uh, aggressive negotiations, right, for, for all you Star Wars fans. Um, he said, look, I'm a union guy. I stand, uh, we, we got to, we, they need to do better by the players. And so I just don't, that's part of the reason I don't see him doing that to those guys for that reason. But something could be worked out here for sure. All right. Uh, I, so I toast my Breck brew. I got strawberry sky today. I'm on the strawberry sky kick. It is Christmassy. Uh, you could have fooled me. I would have guessed it could have been the Christmas ale. Yeah. Oh, I love the Christmas tinge. ale. Oh, the Christmas ale is so good. Uh, it's producer Kale's favorite. Um, I hear that. I know I've that heard much. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's interesting. To me. I, I still think I'm, I, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased to the Palisade peach. I'm such a homer, right? It's just the Palisade <laughs> peach, man. It's right. I also just love peach beer. It was right, like peach beer. I'm not a big fruity beer guy, but peach beer, really good. There's something about that particular aftertaste I love about it. The strawberry sky, not too much strawberry in it for me, so it works really well. Mm. You mix it with the uh, Hot Peak IPA, you've got yourself an RK special. Mm. Wherever you're finding it, over at your King Supers slash City Market slash Kroger slash, what were the other things we decided it was called? City Market. Yeah, yeah, all those. Or just whatever liquor store, 
Man, make sure. Oh, oh, look, Kale's got a fan in the in the audience. He's not here today. We tech boy, we got a tech boy shadow, and he's we not forgot. here today. We got the t-shirts in the works. I think. Right. Maybe not. Maybe maybe uh, everyone has forgotten except you. So either uh, wait for that t-shirt to drop, David, or thank you for remembering. Our oh, yeah, members. right. <laughs> one way, or, one way or the other. There. All right. What what is the next trade that I get to toast my Breck brew to? Well, we'll, well see. We'll see if it gets a Breck brew toast. We will see. <laughs> That's, That's right. Mind. You got You got to be fair. I do want there to be a uh, some kind of a DC special or a drink. We've already talked about the DC basket, mm. but if 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 Ryan, if RK's got his own little Breck brew thing, you got to have your own. Again, I'm throwing this out because you know, newsflash. I'm not a huge drinker, mm. uh, but here's an idea. You get the. And this would be. Uh, this is called the Drew Bowl. The Drew Bowl. You get a large punch bowl, and you get a 15-can sampler. You open them all up, pour them inside, but you need a crazy straw, one that zigzags back and forth, and you Love drink it. the whole thing. That's the Drew I, Bowl. I, I, I don't know. Do you like this? Do you want this to be your brand? So I, I really like it, but as a beer drinker, I did throw up in my mouth a tiny little bit. <laughs> Only because there's like a, you don't want all of the ones I, but I think, no, I think you can do this though. I think if you get just the IPAs, the loggers, maybe the ambers mm. and the strawberry sky, maybe the peaches, but you don't want like to also have the vanilla porter in there on top of it. I don't, I think at that point you're, you're turning it into to muck. I, but I, I do think you can get four or five different Breck brews and pour them into a, I think the Drew Bowl has plenty of potential. It's like these trades we're working on, right? We're we got to massage the details. It's I don't like this. Friday. Yeah, I don't like this vanilla flavored process. Take the porter out of there. But if you would throw a little of that in. And maybe no, now that I think about it, why wouldn't vanilla work with strawberry and peach? Okay, you could still, you could make it more of a dessert beer, and yeah, it still could be in a bowl. I really like this bowl. I think that's good the, for branding. I think the bowl is the key. Yeah, you can swap out the crazy straw too. We can just do a traditional straw. No, or that was the best part of the up. idea. We like the straw. Those are the okay. two ways: the crazy straw or you 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 tilt it. Those are the ways you have. But see, beard mustache beard guy, the idea of crazy straw is very appealing to me. Okay, uh, you get a lot of beer in the. Uh, and then eventually we'll need to have our own official DC Bowl, or rather Drew Bowl DC straw. So you got to get your very specific straw to buy to drink with it. Uh, now you got to start cutting me in on this financially. First, yeah, just this idea that people liked, and now we're now now we're talking about uh, fiduciary issues here. Right. We uh, fiduciary. Great use of that like word. That one. Someone came into the comments here. You see this one mega deal immediately. We don't we don't have the baseball trade values on this, but Poncho saying, just go ahead and trade both Nolan and Trevor to the Yankees if that's what they want anyway for Urshela, Frazier, and uh, Davy Garcia. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard. You know what? Like if 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 you are playing a, um, you know, either fantasy baseball or if you're doing MLB the show, you go all right. Well, you know what? Uh, we got a, a bad contract with Nolan Arenado. And again, it's bad in the video game sense. It's not bad. Again, you're talking about a superstar. You're talking about a gold glover right. who, again, in the cold months of November, when some people aren't thinking about baseball and thinking about the Rockies, what's going to be on the cover of, of, of any newspaper or Sports Illustrated? 
a Rockies player, Nolan Arenado, another platinum club. That's good press. That's good publicity. You're selling jerseys. That's something that a video game and fantasy baseball doesn't take in, which is why it makes it hard to go, all right, your two best players, one guy, ah, he's loaded down by a contract. Another, who only has one year left remaining, but mm -hmm. is more of the value, all four, and it's, man, it, it's, it's not – it's not great. You're really it's too much to ask. Putting yeah. them up, yeah, it, yeah, it's so hard to have a, a fair deal. But uh, but Yankees fans, I'm sure, would very much they'd enjoy that, like that one for Rochelle sure. Michelle Frazier and Garcia are good players. That's you know you, you you need more there. But yeah, like but that's why it's so hard to swing a trade of, of that caliber. That's why you do split them up. Why you almost never see two star level players go one way in a trade that almost that almost never happens and you've you've helped me kind of you know think about this a little differently this idea that you know well while tanking might be a great strategy for any club that's just looking to gain traction and looking to say our window is kind of closed uh, maybe maybe it would open in two three years maybe but you know what let's just tear it all down and guarantee ourselves a window in four or five years and then in a little mini dynasty the issue with that for the Rockies is they might not have that infrastructure in place. So if, if, if it was just Arenado and story were the, the, the final two guys um, and you just say, all right, let's, let's kind of finish off this, uh, this tank and let's try to bring in as many good young players as possible. You could go, all right, I guess we're going to do story and Arenado for a deal, but not necessarily for this package of guys. Cause Urshela doesn't have six years of control remaining. He's closer to three or four. Right, Frazier, this is where you'd need a ton of prospects. Right, you know? and, and yeah. so it's not that controllability. So if we're saying the if when you tank, if you're you're contending four or five years down the line, all of those guys are going to be free agents except Davy Garcia. Well, then again, what what are you actually getting for? It's the same thing with with the last deal that we talked about with the Cardinals. That in twelve and twelve months time, the only thing you have is that one prospect to show for Nolan Arenado. So so this is another deal like that last one. That brings an interesting name. It doesn't bring a former Rockies player back, but it does bring a Colorado kid back. And that is the Rockies trading Nolan Arenado oh. in Desmond to the Chicago Cubs for Jason Hayward, a little bit of cash maybe to balance things out, and a Mr. David Bodie, Colorado kid, super utility infielder, and... You know, I get Drew. Do you does this get your official? I don't hate it. Thumbs up of approval or thumbs sideways to approval? <laughs> we totally got to make that a thing, absolutely, because it's actually this is pretty firmly in. I don't hate it territory. <laughs> um, again, if especially if I'm the GM and and Nolan Arenado has made it abundantly clear to me that he does have no intention of staying in Colorado, that he's going to take that opt out. Um, if it is true the way the consensus seems to believe that they have to get rid of Nolan or risk losing him for nothing, the idea of getting him, go ahead and move Ian Desmond's contract out and get back two players who, while they're not the sexiest and they don't have the the most pleasing of contracts are two players who I think you can still get a lot out of. Uh, Hayward's still 31 years old. He still brings 
He's been Pretty around ever. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. He's been in the league since he was 19 because he's still 31. only 31. Um, he still brings pretty fantastic defense, not quite the level he used to, but I'd be very curious to see what a smart, capable, and athletic defender of his caliber could do in the outfield at Coors. And his uh, batter profile, I actually think, would play pretty interestingly. He's always had pretty low strikeout rates. They've gone up a little bit the last couple of years, but he's at 17% for his career in 2018 with the Cubs. He struck out only 12.3% of the time. Uh, you know, he's been around a league average or above hitter in terms of WRC plus over the last couple of years. So I think he gives you a solid bat that like we were talking about, he's not an anchor in the lineup the way Arenado was, but he's a guy who's absolutely going to contribute. And, and Bodie's a player. I think there's a lot in there, man. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential in David Bodie. Uh, there's a lot of pop in that bat and he's kind of been blocked in terms of playing time in certain ways in Chicago. And I don't have his stats right in front of me. I just went straight to Jason Hayward's fan graphs page because I wanted to make sure that my eyesight test of him is matching up with his stats over the last couple of years. And I got to say it does. So, you know, again, if you've got to lose him, you bring in two guys with a little bit of swag, a little bit of cachet, a little bit of that can help you out. And you get to move on from the, the Ian Desmond situation, if we're talking about, you know, making the pill easier to swallow for Rockies fans saying, hey, sorry, we traded Nolan Arenado, but we also got rid of Ian Desmond is, <laughs> you know, something that I think a lot of fans are going to say, OK, OK. And then people know Hayward. Uh, I don't know how excited they would be about that. You know, I don't think this would get great press. Um, no, no, it gets the official Drew Creaseman. I don't hate it. Stamp of semi-approval. And I knew, I knew you really meant that. Like, I don't hate it because you didn't say I don't hate it. You said, I don't. Like, the longer you drag out, you <laughs> okay. don't. It's like, okay. whoa, that was a, a four-second air we caught on the end of that one. That, was, that really means you were thinking about how much you didn't hate it. Right. Um, yeah. let, me, let me do one more thing on Jason Hayward really All quick right. just because I know you're, you're a big war guy and a lot of listeners out there are. Fangraph's war. Let's go back to uh, whatever, 2012. 5 5.3, 3.1, 4.7, 5.6, 1.0, 1.1, 2.0, 1.9, 1.8. Like, you, These you're are positive getting numbers. Positive. Not negative. Every single one Everybody of them. Know, but they're positive. <laughs> the, and and the, he's, you know, bottoming out at a win and a half or two where, yeah, you're getting five or six out of Nolan Arenado, but you're going to get something in return for him. And I, yeah, I, uh, I don't hate it. And, the, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> doubling down on the <laughs> IDHI. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, you know, he's, he's overpaid and he's, you know, the mm-hmm. deal I remember being much worse than than what it was it, at know, the time but at the time and then yeah. you know the 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 goalpost moves down and now he's making essentially 21 million dollars a year and you go well yeah he's overpaid but hmm, that's a lot less than Nolan Arenado and Ian Desmond and you know Drew I, I I might not be picking up any of your phone calls in the next week if the Rockies front office sees this or hears this because this deal saves the Rockies 21 million dollars this year alone with $35 million for Arenado, mm-hmm. essentially $10 million for Desmond, eight for the season, $2 million for the buyout. And that saves them a lot of cheddar. And it, it Immediately. Brings in, 
immediately. And again, like you said, the upside on, on Hayward and Bodie might not be terribly high and that's okay. You, you, you just need some, some good fringy players, but you have a local kid in David Bodie, born in Longmont, raised and, and went to, to high school in Arvada, uh, same area as, as Roy Holiday. And the interesting thing is, is that because he came up so late and because he likely wasn't going to make a lot of money, the Cubs came up with a real interesting deal uh, with him, essentially to, to get some, some cost assurance. And so they actually have him extended to age 33. So he basically gave up all his free agent rights, but he did that for some guaranteed money. So over the next uh, four years, he would be under control for about $12 million, which is uh, probably less than what he would have gotten in arbitration. But you don't have to worry about anything. Just let him go out, play, develop. Uh, he's going to be 28 years old next year. But there are two extensions or two team options for seven and $7.6 million after that at age 32 or 33. So if David Bodie you know, becomes a poor man's Ben Zobris, you say, wait a minute, you mean to tell me we can have him for two more years? Uh, for $14 million total, that's a steal, especially since he could be a cornerstone uh, for the Rockies, again, being a Colorado kid. So in the end, you go, well, yeah, the Nolan Arenado deal, you know, they didn't get any all-stars uh, out of it. They didn't get any, you know, super young prospects, but they did get a, a contributing, a couple contributing members of their team, and they, they brought in a, a local kid back home. And, you know, I think, again, that might be the best you could hope for in this deal where the Rockies are up against the wall. They're just stuck. They, they're trying to cut payroll and they get rid of three guys, two of which are, you know, questionable are borderline, you know, in David Dahl and, and Tony Walters. And in the end they save $6 million. Like it's not David, David Dahl on the, on the free market. If he were a free agent at, at 29 years old would be worth at least that much, right? And maybe, maybe even closer to $10 million. You can make the case. Uh, but again, because his, his his rights are controlled and he's just in that first year of arbitration, this is how much he can get. So if you can, you know, get rid of a lot more money than that, even better. And and the Rockies are stuck, man. And and, it, and a lot of it is just the, due to the pandemic. They're just their back is they're they're in a corner. And because of that, that's really gonna, you know, keep down the return that they're going to get. And you know, and that's that's unfortunate. They're they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's that's not it's not really due to the Rockies. Maybe you say a little bit of it is the fact that Breidich, for some reason, convinced Nolan to to take that opt out right uh, after this season to, to to align very clearly with the CBA. Um, but other than that, they're 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 really stuck between a rock and the hard place, and that's a shame when you're talking about uh, an all world talent like Nolan Arenado. And the the real the best thing would be for for them to keep him. Um, but they do that. They can't keep Trevor story and they're just damn. So that's do, necessarily damn true. I don't, yeah. I don't know that they can afford both of those guys. Yeah. I think they can. And I, and I think they're trying to figure that out, but I, I think that's one of the big reasons why a lot of people do think that they're stuck. And I don't think that they are, but I don't necessarily think that that's the best way to go either. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I mean, I'm with you, but I, but I, that is why I disagree with the, framing of they're totally stuck because they have to trade Nolan Arenado and they have to trade him from a position of weakness because I think that 
while they can't trade him from a position of strength, right? Um, I, I think there are more variables, and we ran through a couple of them earlier about you know if you negotiate with the right team in the right way, you can make that opt out really not a factor if you if you do it right. It's difficult, but you can make the opt out not a factor. Um, and if you just pick the right team, right? That like say the Dodgers, or the Yankees don't care at all about the opt out because he's not doing that, right? Where is he going to go? That's he's got a better chance to win a World Series than if he was already on one of the flag bearers of Major League Baseball, right? And so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think they just have to, as some people have, and I'm not saying this is the way you ju- you just framed it necessarily, but I, I feel like some people are saying, look, they just got to take whatever is offered. And because then they can't lose him for nothing. I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And I think that if the Rockies, yeah, if, if I'm not. in there negotiating again, if, if I've got the job and, and I'm on the phone with the GM, I'm saying, look, I don't, I know what they're writing in the papers. I know what everybody's saying. I know what everybody's saying, but I don't think he's leaving. He's mad at me, you know, if, if, but if I'm the GM, he's not mad at me, but whatever. He's upset that we're losing. Let's just leave it at that. Let's take all the other stuff out of it. He's upset. We're losing. He's not in a good spot. He's talked about maybe playing elsewhere and that doesn't bode well for anybody, but you got to offer me something fair, Mr. GM on the other side of the phone. You give me something good because if not, I will roll the dice that he will not take that opt out, that he will stay here. And that's, that's what I'm telling you on the phone, whether I believe that or not. Right. And so that's, that's where I think where some people are going, man, the Rockies are really stuck. They just, they got to move Nolan and they've got to accept pennies on the dollar for him. Like, no, they can. To clarify yeah. real quick, I, I don't think, yeah, they, they definitely don't have to trade Nolan Arenado, but it seems as if they have to reduce payroll. Well, a majority of their payroll is going into Trevor Story, Nolan right. Arenado, Charlie Blackman. So, ergo, it seems like the only logical choice would be to trade one of those guys. And, uh, you know, Story would, 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 would be the best one of that group. But, you're again, you're, we're talking about a player, and then we're talking about their contract. And that's that's where they're not going to necessarily get back what they should. Because you go, wait a minute, Nolan Arenado, you can take our right, top. Well, three right, they're not going to get. Yeah, they're not going right? to get that. Right. Like when like when we were kids, and, and right. before we understood all those nuanced things that go into you know these these deals, you just go, yeah, you take my three best. Pro- can we can we trade a couple uh, first trade round all picks? Of them. Let's yeah. go NBA. Like style. you said, if you're on the video game, you're just trading <laughs> yeah. all of your prospects for Nolan Arenado, and you don't care because you're just playing. You go, is right. my team better? Um, by a yeah. lot. Yeah. By a lot. But again, we we know yeah. those things, and and we've we've talked about this in in the in our Discord. It's another reason why you know subscribers to the, the DNVR get that exclusive access. We talk about this idea that you know when David Dahl, they couldn't get anything for him. Well, I think they probably could have. But it, it, it would have come at a cost. You know, it would have come at this idea where you go, all right, well, what would the Rangers have given the Rockies for David Dahl? Well, they would have said, look, you can basically have our 150th prospect. So not, not, not that Nothing. much. So, and, you yeah. go, and you go, yeah, but that guy's got some value. Well, does he? Because every draft you know, up to this point, you've essentially been able to take, <laughs> Until take recently. 40 players. And even <laughs> right. this year, you know, you get, you'll get to take, you know, probably 20 players. And you go, right. there, I just drafted 120 players there's there's nothing that great and you know what we put our we put our foot down and we said this guy was an all-star in 2019 we need uh, a top 30 prospect yeah but you we know you're going to get rid of him we know you're going to get rid of him right okay 
But if you want the exclusive rights to have him, you got to give us, you know, protect 30 of your players. We'll take prospect number 31. No, we know you're going to cut him. So we're just going to give you nothing. We're going to give you 150. All right. Now what happens? If you buckle, if the Rockies go ahead and buckle, what is that going to mean for the next deal down the line? What is that going to mean when they really have something of major value, like Trevor's story? And you go, hey, you want to bring this local boy home to play shortstop because you're kind of, you know, I don't know if you, if, if, some people listening to this might be surprised to hear, but you know their catcher from a couple years ago, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, uh, he's going to be their shortstop now. So he played yeah. third base this past year, and now they're like Elvis Andrews. We're kind of we're done with you as a shortstop. So now we're going to have a former catcher play shortstop, a real reverse yeah. Tony Walter situation. But if the Rangers want to acquire Trevor Story, and the Rockies say, "Hey, we have to take exactly this," well, the Rangers know, hey, they're not messing around because they didn't cave when it came to. David Dahl. They didn't cave when it came to getting something for nothing. So now in, in this this much bigger deal, now we know to not mess around. And that's part of those negotiations mm-hmm. that you go, you you really wish, and again, we're not in those rooms to know, and you really wish like, man, Rocky, just make more deals to just kind of get the ball rolling a little bit. And it doesn't become this all or nothing situation where you get nothing for David Dahl. Well, at the same time, I understand because it has further implications down the line. So I, I can they afford to pay 90 to $100 million to three players, though? Yeah, yeah, they can. The problem is it just handcuffs wow. the entire rest of the roster. Now, I don't obviously, I mean, I don't have access to their books, and it, the pandemic may have totally changed that. If, if not for the pandemic, I would have said absolutely 100% they can, and they're planning on it, especially if you load the contracts up in in the proper way but yeah i mean they've they've done that kind of thing before when it's their own guys who they're totally happy to lock down and and be loyal to but uh, and i also think it was just commiserate with where the budget had been going when you just looked at how much they've been increasing the budget by each year and all of the other stuff that was coming off what was going to happen is if you sign Trevor Story to the long-term deal, which you'd have to backload because they don't want to spend any money right now, which is a little bit of a problem because Charlie also has a backloaded contract, which you 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 know you solve that problem when you come to it in in three years or something. But yeah, for now, like you can do that. The problem was always going to be well, one. We actually, we had talked about this. Then you're not going to be able to keep David Dahl. Well, okay, so that's not an issue anymore. You're not going to be able to keep John Gray, probably. That's that's another thing. Like, if you've signed Trevor Story, then once John Gray becomes a free agent, there's there's no way you're bringing him back unless he unless he signs for way less than he's worth for whatever reason just to come back to Colorado. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, uh, any of the rest of that, I guess that would be the biggest one at this point. Um, we used to talk a little bit about worrying about McMahon and Rogers, but their, you know, the schedules have been pushed back just a little. Well, Rogers' schedule has been pushed back a little bit. McMahon's arbitration value has been pushed back a little bit because he hasn't yet performed. And so, in you know, in my estimation, yeah, they can sign all those guys up and they can keep them, and it's going to take up most of the budget. And if the you know the the next biggest contract is what it's going to be Marquez after that, and then everyone else is just a kid out there. Seeing <laughs> like is that the best way to do it? I don't know. 
Uh, probably not, but I think they. I think that's exactly what they're trying to pull off here. I really do. I really think what they're trying to do is sign Trevor's story long-term and backload it so they don't have to pay him anything right now, assuming the economics of baseball are going to get better. Well, they still have to pay him something right now. You, you, yeah. you, you, you know what I mean. Right. If he's going to be making anywhere from 25 to $30 million, I don't think – I think 30 might be high in a post-pandemic world. It's on the high end. Um, so it might be closer to $25 million Give annually. him that 27 it's, it's right there on the back of his jersey. There you go. I love it. But, yeah, you, you say, well, Charlie's going to be making – you know, uh, twenty-one million dollars essentially for the next mm. two years. So you go, all right. Well, you know, we'll we'll pay you twenty million dollars the next two years to kind of balance it a little bit, and then going forward, we'll give you twenty-seven to thirty exactly. after that. And Trevor Story is going to go, yeah, that's more money than I've ever seen in my life. So I totally be fine with that, right? But even and still, they were going to have to pay him that much five million dollars for three guys. That's right. that's up there. Yep. That's that's big yep. market spending. Yep. Yeah, it is. And and I do think that and and again in their mind that makes them in in their in his mind. <laughs> who's his? Who's his? In Dick Monfort's <laughs> mind, that makes them legitimate to spend big dollars on legit guys and keep them in Denver for their whole careers. And and he sees that as a, a big time huge accomplishment. And in some ways it is, actually. I would agree. <laughs> actually in, in some ways. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's impossible to build around that team. I think it's harder. I think yeah. it's harder. And, and I, that's one of the things you've convinced me of is that it's, it's definitely more difficult to do it that way. But I don't think it's impossible. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go. We got to jump into a couple more trade ideas before that, though, Patrick, because we've been talking about what you don't want to do here. And this is the difficult thing, right? You don't want to mortgage your future. You do, however... Want to mortgage your house a little bit. You got to take care of your mortgage situation can be one of your best assets. And if you're not quite sure any mortgage questions you have, you got to go to our friends over at Chevalier, the protectors, the French knights of mortgage. You find them at dnvrmortgage.com. It's Mike and Virginia Chevalier. They are the best and they have got advice for you that's going to make you feel comfortable, make you feel confident. And everything that you're doing with, again, one of the most important assets you can have in your life. And they're going to hook you up a little free bonus just for getting a little bit of a free consultation. You go to dnvrmortgage.com, you enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice, and then they'll give you that consultation. Really fantastic situation for you. Anybody out there wondering about their mortgage, look them up. Mike and Virginia Chevalier at dnvrmortgage.com. Mike Chevalier is NMLS number 1931006 and Virginia Chevalier NMLS number 1910631. Oh, so many folks yes, yeah, tired of paying one. rent. They're yeah. tired of paying rent and just never seeing that money again. And mm-hmm. hey, sit down with Mike and Virginia to at least, again, just get an idea of what's going on. Well, wait a minute. If I pay this, I end up getting it back if I sell? You can't go wrong again. The free swag. I mean, that's 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 reason enough alone to give up uh, an hour or two uh, on on the weekend. But right, you actually will benefit from that financially from from learning from the best there at Chevalier Mortgage. Totally. All right, hit us up with another one, Patrick. All right. Well, again, if if the uh, modus operandi a little bit is to try to get rid of some money, this one. A couple of things would probably have to change with it just a little bit, but we're going to get an idea of how the Rockies could 
get something for nothing. And that is offloading the contract of Ian Desmond for this season. Uh, in order to acquire from the Boston Red Sox, Nathan Eovaldi, starting pitcher, hey now, and a reliever by the name of Ryan Weber. He's no spring chicken. He'll be going into his age 30 season uh, next year, uh, but he put up his, his highest war total to date, uh, was you know among the league leaders in uh, lowest barrel percentage. So guys just were not hitting him at all last year. Was was pretty impressive uh, in in uh, with, with Boston, and you know he kept the exit velocity down for a lot of uh, reasons. Um, you know keeps the ball uh, in, in an area where he gets a lot of ground balls. His, his average launch angle was four point three, which is just my way of saying. It didn't happen very much. 1.5% barrels, Drew. Wow. 1.5% barrels. That is pretty darn good. Um, and and yeah. to give you an idea, yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you're, you're hoping, again, to add a little uh, piece to your bullpen. And, yeah, you're taking on Nathan Eovaldi's contract. You're getting a starting pitcher. You're probably getting some money from Boston as well. So maybe – uh, Colorado's also chipping in a prospect, but the idea being here, hey, you add a, an arm uh, that you're going to get to keep around for a couple years. Maybe he doesn't have a huge high upside. Maybe this is about as good as you hope he's going to get, but okay. But you also get another starting pitcher. You round out that depth, and you don't maybe overexpose Ryan Castellani, or you know you don't force Peter Lambert to come back a little bit sooner than he's ready, or if, or if somebody else goes down in the rotation, hey, Castellani, Lambert, even Chi-Chi can come back in. Ryan Rollison. I've got some plans for Ryan Rollison come up that we're going to have to talk about next week. Big plans for Ryan Rollison. But Nathan Eovaldi allows you to kind of sit back a little bit and not feel like you you just have to have everything go perfectly with the rotation in order to you know put together a contending squad. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, I love this one. Th th this is firmly in the, the DC I love it category. And, and obviously – if you can get anything you're semi-excited about for Ian Desmond at this point, um, I think Rockies fans are going to go for it. But I, I do think that it's something that makes a great deal of sense uh, in a lot of ways. Like you said, uh, the Red Sox do get to get away from the Eovaldi contract. And while it's not great for the Rockies necessarily have that, um, I, I just I've, I've always liked him, man, and he's not a yeah. great pitcher. Um, but where's the he's got a career two eighty walk rate. Um, you know the, the strikeouts aren't there. It's a four twenty seven ERA. It's not great, but every year he's pitching. Every year he's going out there and giving you hundred plus innings. Uh, he's never put up worse than. Uh, well, it looks like in in twenty nineteen it was it was pretty rough with a five ninety nine ERA. Other than that, you know, a 476 here and there. Uh, this last year, four, or 372 over 48 innings with the Red Sox. He's got a good fastball, uh, but he pounds the strike zone. Remember what he did in the 2018 playoffs, right? Yeah. Like he, he went out there and, and with, with six starts, 161 ERA. Like that, that was what yeah. got him the contract that he did. He pounds you know, the strike zone, man. Whip. I, yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. I, I really like him as a pitcher, and I think we were talking today again in the Discord with with subscribers about um, Ryan Castellani and how he was able to step in and give him 91 ERA plus, and that's actually solid for your fifth starter. But you don't know 
you know, if the league adjusts and that ERA plus really drops and it was starting to get ugly at the end of the season, you could see, you know, Castellani's got adjustments to make back and we'll find out. He's a young, unproven player. Peter Lambert, an unproven player who's out with TJ for a little while. Ryan Rollison, as you were just talking about. So you get Evaldi and you just go, here's a guy we can put out there in five days. And no, he's not going to get shelled. Is he going to be awesome? Probably not. But and I said this to the to the guy in the Discord today. Look at all the successful Rockies teams in history. Look at the five postseason teams that have gone there, and look at their fifth rotation guy. Do any of them get you excited? No, but all of them you go. That guy's kind of solid. He's solid. And then look at all the other teams in Rockies history that haven't made the postseason, and look at their fifth rotation guy. <laughs> and he makes you go, who in the what? How in the what in the world happened there? And so you need that guy. It's not sexy, but a guy who can come in and throw you a, a 480 ERA. I'm not joking. A straight five ERA out of your fifth rotation spot for, for the Rockies, but pitch 150 innings and not have those individual games that totally get away from them and they're out of there in the second or third. Um, I, I Eovaldi's a, a strike thrower, an innings eater. He seems like a guy who's got his head on straight. Um, he's actually somebody I've, I've probably fantasy traded to the Rockies four or five times in my head over the last decade, despite the fact that you look at him and you're like, dude, he's fine. Yeah. He, you know, the, the interesting thing with him is, you know, whether, whether or not he's the fifth starter, you know, he, he almost brings in like an, an ace type pedigree again, veteran guys, a lot, lot more experience than anybody else. So he's coming in there, kind of bringing a little bit of swagger there. Not like, hey, I'm the best, but just experiential swagger that the younger guys are going to be looking up to him. And in that sense, that, that almost bumps everybody back a wrong. And you go, hey, Senzatella, you were fantastic in 2020, but now you're going against the number five starter on another team that's not very good. That's going to improve our That's odds. an advantage. And yeah. it protects those young guys much like um, in that Cardinals deal where, hey, if the Rockies get Fowler and Matt Carpenter – that helps protect Ryan uh, McMahon a lot more. And so this does that on the pitching side, I think, really well. I think, you know, uh, Eovaldi is due about like $17.5 million in the next two years. So I think a deal like this would somewhat just, be predicated on a, a, a deal for a certain third baseman. I know we've been talking about it. So th this, would be, uh, this would be an adjacent too. So we could, do all, we could do a couple of those deals we talked about already and do this Ian Desmond deal to boot, and you go – all right, again, this team is it looks okay. You can catch lightning in a bottle. You save some here. money. Yeah. It allows you to roll a couple things over. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to, to think, you know, the Rockies could be in on a big trade because it's, it's been a while. I mean, what was the last big trade that the Rockies made? And I'm not going to include the McGee-Dickerson, which is that, big that for Marquez, because at the time it was just Dickerson for McGee, and then it turned out to be the Herman Marquez trade. I mean, uh, easy, I guess you you can go back and 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 read my writing at the time. I called it the Herman. I actually wrote of it. I said right now this is being called the Jake McGee for Corey Dickerson trade, but it will go down as the Herman Marquez trade. I called it at the time, just so everyone knows. But yeah, you're probably right. I don't think that that counts as a blockbuster. But so. an off season trade, even how about that? I mean, probably the Matt Holiday one. Uh, that no, that was in season. Oh, no, 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 that wasn't. Yeah, it was off-season. That was off-season, yeah, yeah. Tulo was during the season. Um, yeah, that, that was that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean. Big, uh, 
Pat Neshek deal. No, I'm just kidding. It's yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, those types of things. So, yeah. yeah, it will be interesting to see what, what, what Colorado does if they're able to, you know, to work on a deal. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, the free agent market could be, uh, you know, molded by something like Nolan Arenado, where, again, how much money do we want to spend in free agency? It's You, you wouldn't think free agency and, and uh, trade acquisitions would – you know, be related at all. But I, I think that's going to let at least agents are going to want, you know, some, some big players to go first because then it becomes, Hey, here's the only thing that's left. You can't just go out and make a trade right. for X, Y, and Z. Cause those guys were already traded. So now you're forced to give George Springer or Trevor Bauer or DJ LeMay. You're forced to give them that money. And if Arenado goes somewhere, then some, you know, Whoever's the runner-up is it might might decide. You know what? We need a third baseman, and Lemayhu can still pick it at third base. He could do it there. He'd be fine. He'd be adequate. But we want his bat. We want his leadership. Boom. Yeah. Then you finally see him move. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting off season, but you know we'll we'll see. All right, do you have one last one for us, or where are we at? I do. If we want to go over this deal with the Baltimore Orioles. Colorado Rockies pick up the phone and say, hey, Baltimore, are you guys still a team? To which the Orioles <laughs> reply, you know, I was thinking the same thing. The <laughs> Orioles get uh, 17-year-old Rockies prospect Adel Amador, shortstop uh, out of the Dominican Republic, and they get in return Sean Armstrong, 29-year-old reliever, and lefty Paul Fry coming off a really solid 2020. Yeah, so this is definitely a big overpay for the Rockies from a, an asset yeah. standpoint. But though it depends on, again, it all depends on how you feel about prospects, right? The old saying, prospects are cool, parades are cooler. The kid's 17 years old. He's, you know, at, at most <laughs> three, four years away from the big leagues. I should say at least three, four years away from the big leagues. And may never even make it a lot of shine on him as a prospect further away what i think is most interesting about a deal like this and and you could probably substitute other rockies prospects out that are maybe a little less exciting but a little closer to the big leagues depending on which way you want to go it all depends on your you know priorities of of what you're valuing and are you thinking all that much about five or six years from now, you know, one of the big critiques of Dan O'Dowd was he would never make a, a trade like this. He would never move any prospect who could potentially become a thing one day. And a lot of them didn't end up panning out. You know, a, a guy who before Amador had a similar kind of prospect shine is a guy named Russell Herrera, who uh, it was actually much higher rated in the Rockies organization for quite some time, but never really panned out. So again, it all depends on how much you buying into individual player. Are you a believer in Orion Vallade? Or are you one of those people that thinks, oh, he's a nice player, but now that he's not really a shortstop anymore, maybe you move him in a deal like this. But the concept that I think is really fascinating here that is something the Rockies have been reluctant to do and something that fans, I think, would love in the moment. But like you said, how much are we thinking about the assets? How much are you mortgaging your future? 
the thing that I, I love about these two players, actually, though, from the Orioles that I checked is that they're both cheap and under control for the next three years, one of them, four years, the other one. And so you've got solid control over relief pitchers. Uh, one of them is a lefty, and we've talked a lot about how desperately the Rockies need lefties. And they've got a couple of years of above average. That It's that ERA plus going above average for you. Neither one of these guys are are world beaters uh, at all. Uh, Sean Armstrong has got some pretty solid ERA numbers, uh, you know, in small sample sizes, but when he gets thrown out there for longer, both of them have walk rates that are a little higher than I'd like. Um, but I think Paul Fry is, yeah, one of those guys that that could, the, we, we've talked a lot about relievers that you've, you've got to bring in that have potential that, that maybe is yet to be undiscovered, that you're not counting on them to be what they've been before you. You kind of want them to be a little bit of a new version of themselves, but you also don't have to be tied to them forever, or at least in terms of, of rolling them out there every single day, right? That maybe you can take a little extra time or put them in a, a, in a lower role. So having the control over the pitchers and, you know, while I probably wouldn't do this specific deal, I would trade a quality position player prospect who's – I would overpay a quality position player prospect to bring in controlled arms who are have major league resumes but also still in their 20s, potential untapped potential – potential untapped potential. And um, in the future, in the and fu- the, and, future yeah, potential in the future potential untapped potential, right? right. Exactly, uh, and they don't cost that much, right? And, and and it fits into that whole thing about you know I don't have to pay these guys that much. The only way I'll, they'll have to start costing me money is if they're really good. I've start paying them in arbitration, which is which would be a good thing. That means I've just acquired two really good relievers and solidified what I think is the most important part of this team that needs to be solidified right now yeah i think where where we disagree on this is the idea of of a parade where you know i think the rockies are a lot further away from a parade than than you that's where you go well if if i was okay so another orioles trade the michael Givens deal at the time i was very much okay with it because i was i i like to see that colorado kind of believed in their guys and, and maybe they, they knew something I didn't. Um, I also didn't think, you know, the Rockies were going to fall apart that badly. Um, but they gave up, you know, uh, Taryn Vavra and, and Tyler Nevin, who, you know, they, they might not turn out to be anything. And Vavra's a guy that I was really high on. And so at the time, I was very much okay with it because you were, you, were, you were pushing in to try to make a postseason. Even if there was eight teams, you were at least going to get a, you know, a, a series out of it. And, and now I look back and I go, man, that one could be a real bad one. Again, there's, we know there's, there could be implications for some folks to go, well, you could have gotten rid of Michael Givens for $4 million and kept David Dahl, but you didn't because you gave up Taryn Vavra and, and Tyler Nevin. And, 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 you know, these things are, no, I think you didn't you know, because related. he's a reliever. You, mm-hmm. you didn't because he's a pitcher and you need the pitcher more than you need the hitter. But yeah, you definitely, you definitely have to improve. And, and we, we agree on that, but it's, well, can't you go into the free agent market and yeah. and get something and or or develop something instead of having to overpay, as you said, to give yeah. up a prospect? 
And I think you mm-hmm. can. And I think we, we've I've given them, never seen it. I've never seen it. We've been giving them praise. We have been. Your boy Gabe White, man. Your boy Gabe White. <laughs> oh, um, I got to throw Gabe White. Now he was in a trade. Actually, no, 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 the better. He was a trade. Better. Oh, yeah. But still, you know, they, again, this, there's just an idea that you. It, I just feel like it would it would be an overpay. You can, we, we've been praising them this offseason for them getting these, hey, maybe low ceiling, you know, you know, guys. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Mm-hmm. They're, they're bodies. And you throw in, I, I liken it to throwing spaghetti against the wall, see if it sticks. They're doing that in the bullpen. Hey, let's sign a bunch of guys. Let's see if they stick. And, you know, you catch that lightning in a bottle. And if that works, that's great. It's one reason why you don't need to give up those young assets that have, you know, a decent amount of upside. You're right. Amel, uh, Amador um, might not be anything like Rosel Herrera, who is with the Yankees organization right now, by the way, uh, yeah. as, as he should be, right? Right. Um, and, and because, yeah, shortstop prospect, a lot of people likened him to, to Troy Kulowitzki at the time, signed mm. internationally for $800,000. Amador signed for $1.5 million. Again, about 10 years later, right? Right, so very so similar. You, you move the money. Yeah, absolutely. You could say that. But but because there's that upside, because yeah, you go ah Rosa Herrera, it didn't work for him. Doesn't mean that that's the rule. We we mentioned that the other day on the podcast that the Rockies, they don't have enough history of doing things to say all right, well it works sometimes, right. it, and other times it doesn't. If it doesn't work once, you go we are shell shocked from that. We simply can't do this deal. And yeah, I, I just can't not think about the James Shields deal from 2016, where White Sox thought they had one last gasp there and before they they tore it all down and they got james shields from the padres who they decided they were going to tear their thing down and in exchange they gave up eric johnson uh, a nice little you know fifth starter and they gave up fernando Tati fernando tatis jr who had never even played baseball in america he had just recently signed as an international free agent and that's what you could have in Amel Amador. And if, if the Rockies were closer to contention, you go, okay, yeah, maybe. And again, I, I yeah, Amador's dad didn't play in the majors, like Fernando Tatis Jr. Not that that's the be-all, end-all. But you go, I'm going to say, if the Rockies got the next Fernando Tatis Jr. in their system, then that doesn't really track with the way to, people talk about their system. But sure. Right, right. But and at, the time, <laughs> like, and at the time, Fernando Tatis wasn't a top 100 prospect. Right, right. Just like Amador is not right now. But right. give it a year, give it two years. So you'd almost be selling low in a sense. Now, again, oh, Rockies paid $1.5 million for him, but they still don't know what they've got. Right. And oh, another yeah. team poaches them from out from under them like that. Man, that could that could be that could be bad. That, that would look ugly. And so that's why, you know, not digging that deal as much. Um, if you can bring, if you can bring back, if you can get back some, some arms you like and give up some arms you don't like, great, but I don't think they will be, you know, uh, of the major league caliber here, uh, uh, like a Sean Armstrong and, and a Paul Fry, just because I just do worry problem. that the Rockies system is, is too thin. Yeah. That's yeah, the problem, right? right? right. That's, the, that's the problem. You can't get those that's guys. That's exactly true. why I actually like a deal like this. While I started with saying this is a massive overpay, but that's the problem. Yeah. If you're the Rockies, in order to get quality pitching that you like, in order to get the guys you want, you have to overpay, whether it's in the trade market or in free agency. The problem with overpaying in free agency is now you're tied to those guys the way you were tied to Brian Shaw and Jake McGee and Wade Davis in a very problematic way. And if you get them through a trade, 
I don't feel like you're tied to them in the same way. And I feel like financially, you've got the flexibility to go out and do other things and at least bury them on the roster. And that's why, like I said at the end, I wouldn't do this specific right. deal. Uh, but if the Orioles called me up for this thing, said, we really like this kid who's 17. If I'm the GM of the Rockies right now, and, and especially if I am inhabiting like Jeff Breidich's shoes for a second, like, look, I may not be the GM of this team in three years, man. I may not be calling the shots three, four years from now, whenever Amador is ready to make his debut, whenever Zach Veen, you know, I may not have that chance if this thing is crap for the next three or four years. What I've got to do is save what I can right now. And if I bring in two quality major league relievers and throw them out in the bullpen, then I feel like I actually, I'm done with the bullpen. Actually, I feel pretty solid about the Rockies bullpen at that point. Then I can go and start doing a couple other things. Maybe look at a rotation guy. And, and I know, and again, like this is a manifestation of me thinking they're closer to competing than a lot of other people are, but that's tied directly to where I was at in 17 and 18 and the way those bullpens performed and, you know, how terrible the bullpen was in 19 and 20. And I just go, no, like I wouldn't give up a guy with probably that kind of upside, but um, I'm, I'm trading quality position player prospects because I know I'm going to get them and I know I can create those guys and I know I can bring in other position players. I can get them in free agency and trades and whatever else, but I'm not going to get a reliever I like in free agency. And if I get one in a trade, I've got to overpay for it. So I may as well get the guys I want. What's interesting about this idea of like trading a, a top 10 prospect, even if it's not your, your best, but you know, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, the idea yeah. about trading a number ten prospect to get relief pitching like this, in my estimation, would be horrible, considering the state of the the Rockies system. However, as you just kind of made clear, it's more likely to happen. So, like, while it's like this seems like a foolish deal. Why would any GM give up a guy that has as much upside as an Amador or Ryan Vallade or anybody like that for, you know, this package of guys that maybe you could, you could get from non-roster guys that are just coming off injured seasons yet, as you've just kind of pointed out, that's more likely to happen because if someone needs to save his job, he's going to try to, you know, clean house a little bit and say, Hey, what are assets I can work with? Because if it's about win loss record, doesn't matter what the yard goats are doing down in double a doesn't matter what Spokane or Fresno is doing down in low a. So let me just trade some of these young guys to make the major league team better. And now I can keep my job. We know that the, you know, the future maybe gets a little dimmer. If you give up Cross that guys. bridge, when I come to it though, but, right? If right. you're, if you're but, that GM, you're like, exactly whatever, right? man, if I which, can... which is so interesting, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, Again, this is why we follow sports is because right. of the stories, because of these narratives of like, oh, man, this guy's on his way out, but he can save himself by doing this. But then it weakens his organization in the future. But maybe he doesn't do any. It's just interesting. Maybe, this yeah. is why we love sports. Yeah, because there's, there's just so many different ways you could go with it. And so Absolutely. I do think the Rockies will do at least one thing this off this offseason that's on a a bigger level, whether it's trading Nolan Arenado or something like this, where they actually do move one of their top 10 prospects for something and make people go, oh, wait, what? And, and, and if it's something like this, the national narrative will be, 
These guys are morons. Look at this stupid. They just traded a potential superstar shortstop for a couple of relievers. This is stupid. But, you know, we'll see. What are you going to do with a New York accent? Because that's how you people sound. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look at the Rockies out there with the stupid doing the thing. Come on. You're hurting my feelings. Here we are. I'm rocking here. I got my piping hot pizza over here. I'm trying to eat with my pepperoni and sausage. Come on now. Mm. Don't talk to me Uh, like that in front of my pizza pie. In front of my people. We got to sign off, but since Colorado Sports Aid has jumped in here with thoughts on trading, one of our outfielders, Hamp Hillier to Tapia, can't trade any more outfielders at this point. You got to hold on to the outfielders you've got left. Uh, The only outfielder you should consider trading would be Charlie Blackman to get rid of the contract and and keep nolan and trevor if you want to do that in my estimation i did look at you know as we were talking about some of these trades today um outfielder prospects that you can move um and again no you just got rid of david doll you kind of can't do that right now you you basically need to hang on to those guys even though i think the rockies grow them on trees um you can't pluck all the leaves off the tree (laughs) of those three guys who do you think is more likely to get traded. Mm. I could leave. see, I could see Hilliard being a, a, an actual sweetener, to use that word correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see Hilliard being a guy who, if there's, if the Rockies and another team are really close to a deal, and that other team goes, you know, I'm dreaming a little bit on that Hilliard. We haven't built this trade around him, but you throw that guy in, I'll do it. Be, because there's so much to do. The power-speed combination, I think any GM out there goes, yeah, shoot, throw me that guy, and, so and I'll see what one. I can do with him. Yeah. Do you have, then who's, who's two and three? Hampson. I don't, uh, Hampson's two. I don't, think, I don't think people get how good Ryan Altapia is. I don't think the Rockies get how good Ryan Altapia is. I think there's like seven. Which would people. make him more likely to get traded. True, true. But now, I don't think I other teams covet like, him. Hide with Hilliard. I, initially, I go Tapia. Just because I think he could maybe bring, again, the Rockies aren't appreciating him quite as much. It makes it a lot easier to offload him. And maybe you bring back something good. Maybe tied Hilliard, just because, again, I, I don't know that they are, they've completely bought into Hilliard. So if someone else is going to give him something good for him, in a, in a way, they're, right. they're kind of 1A, 1B. And then, you know, three would be Hampson, just because, you know, I think they, they like his upside, they like how his speed plays, his versatility. But again, for the right deal, any three of those guys, definitely, I think, the Rockies, hey, if, if they like what they're getting back in return, sure. They're not they off limits, could, but right? They're not they're, off no, they're, cer- they're certainly not off limits, right. but right. I, I, I think the reason why I, I responded with no is just because it's like, that's just what they have. And the other yeah. thing is, you know, we've talked a lot about like assets and Baseball has basically become, especially since Moneyball, it's been about this beforehand. And, and we've talked about this before, and I've even talked about on the human level why this is just bad. It's good for teams like the Rays and the A's and stuff. But what baseball is, is can I put a roster together where everybody's making less than they're worth? I want everyone to be making less money than they're actually worth. And Hampson, Hilliard, and Tapia aren't making any money. And they all have potential upside value there, right? So there's no way to go out and get a player who's cheaper, but like it's unlikely to trade a, a Tapia or a Hilliard or a Hampson for a cheaper guy with more upside. Maybe if you're trying to, they'd have to be a part of a deal. 
That's where you and I are talking about. Yeah, you could throw him in if another team says, I really want Tapia to make this work. I could see the Rockies not valuing him enough to say no to that. But as it stands, they've got young guys who cost nothing, who could theoretically be something, and they're going to run with them because that's how you build a baseball team. And especially when you're penny pinching, it's your only option. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And, uh, and pennies are very valuable right now. Grab onto those pennies. All right. So yeah, we've got, we've gone on pretty good here, but thank you everyone for, for the extra comments today. Comment sections on fire. Remember to join us live on Facebook and Periscope Monday through Friday. We're also on YouTube on Wednesdays for the DFA show at four Oh five mountain time. That's how we do things here. I don't always remind people mountain time. Uh, so yeah, make sure that you're following us on social media at Patrick D Lyons at Drew Creaseman at DNVR underscore Rockies. You can send an email to Drew or Patrick at the DNVR.com and use baseballtradevalues.com if you want to send us some of your favorite trade proposal ideas for your Colorado Rockies and we can go over them with you next time. Other than that, make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus you get discounts on hats and shirts and Mass, you get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar, and you get to hang out with us in our private chat room on the Discord and ask us all kinds of questions, whether it's about the Rockies or music, movies, Mandalorian, video games, snowboarding, food. Hiking. We don't. Soccer. Patrick. Patrick. Oh, my God. This, don't say it. We don't One have hour, a, 16 minutes. That's right. It's How tonight. do we not have a wrestling channel in there? I don't know. By tomorrow, December the 19th, there will be a wrestling channel in the private DNVR Discord. So if you're a subscriber, you can talk, come and talk to us. And, and Patrick if you don't and I. Get made, it, Eric is going to get a steel chair over his head. That's it. That's right. Those are the rules. <laughs> and on that note, thank you all so much for hanging out and continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you. Ballpark.